Welcome back to Cargumentative, a show where two of four well-spoken men are here to talk about all things cars and automotive related. Uh, I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times, and uh, today I'm only joined by... Nadav, I'm here. I'm holding up the fort. You are I'm indeed. standing up for the team. Yeah, because where is the team? They've abandoned us. Huh? Completely just flaked out. Somebody talked about a, a birthday party. It was a birthday party. Someone else is hungover. I'll Again. let you decide which one is which. Strange. What Always hungover. Always hungover. Always hungover. Maybe because yesterday mm. was a public holiday. Maybe. And he thought, or maybe he thought it was Friday and today is Saturday. And fake Friday. There's so many fake Fridays the yeah. last few weeks. It's and hard to tell. Thirst, thirst Thursday? Or Thirsty first? Thursdays. And Thirsty Thursdays. Thursday. That's where they've gone. Well, ah. First Thursday. That's true. You're that right. is true. So uh, we miss them as usual. But we'll oh, yeah. try to crack on with a little bit of news. Yeah, exactly. Because um, um, we've also got some special stuff coming up later on in this episode. Very special episode, this. Yeah, it is. Um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. But uh, in the news, um, that Bugatti with a name that I can never pronounce right. I'm going to try. My French is awful. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't think I did two years at school. But sure. um, La Voiture Noire, yeah. which is a... The black car. The black <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so exotic, doesn't it? Like, but, um, yeah, it does. So that was the Bugatti that was released at the most recent Geneva show. Um, That's right. We actually talked about it in a previous it. episode. Yeah. Yeah. So the most expensive new car in the world, somewhere between 11 and 16 million euro, depending on which article you seem to read. And mm. then um, that's obviously based on a Bugatti Chiron that's been rebodied I think into exactly. something one-off and u- unique um, and that's a homage of course to to the Type 75 57 57 yes, types, yeah, uh, which sorry, is an absolutely that is an absolutely gorgeous car uh, the 57 SE but um, I don't think this one is absolutely gorgeous uh, no, I think really. it's splitting opinion and yeah. to be honest I think the Chiron is is gorgeous it isn't absolutely breathtaking car i don't i don't know that this moves the game on but it's found a buyer and that's the news this week it has because everybody oh. was saying who who on earth can afford this kind of a car well, well we all know um he plays with balls um <laughs> and his name is uh, cristiano ronaldo apparently yeah supposedly apparently. allegedly and uh, so cristiano ronaldo who by the way is a well-known bugatti fan he's had mm. Examples of I think every one that's been released recently, um, from the Veyron to the Veyron Vitesse, um, Supersport, and now Chiron, etc. Apparently, he's the one who's bought this new 9.5 million pound, 16 million euro. Vehicle that's incredible for himself. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do with it? Ah, look at drive it. it. Look at it. Yeah. Resell it. Who knows? I don't know. What a thing. It is a but, thing. But uh, if I could only play with as well as yeah me too <coughs> I wish I had the ball skills of Cristiano right, Ronaldo because exactly. so, uh, then I'd be able to afford I, that also I, it, I, I'm, I'm no soccer fan so I really yeah. probably don't appreciate it enough what he, what he can do yeah. You know? yeah, I, I feel know. like you know, I also want one of those mm. he just plays soccer so well maybe we can do something else like <laughs> Magic the Gathering or something like mm-hmm. that okay yeah. well, we'll, we'll keep working on it we'll keep working on it his next special edition yeah so what uh, else what else? Well, um, you also told me, well, there's a car that um, the purists will like mm. um, and Mike and Mark would like because it's uh, made by Aston Martin. Ah. 
And uh, this is the new, well, it's not new, but it's it's the latest Vantage. Mm. And it's got a, a seven-speed manual gearbox. Really? Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, so it's that's really quite something, I think. In 2019, <clears throat> excuse me, for a company like Aston Martin to release a new car mm. with a manual gearbox... Okay, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Why is that a big deal? So the big deal is obviously we're catering to the enthusiast the same mm. way that Porsche does. And um, Porsche brought back the manual famously. Mm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's become, a, it's become a, a big deal for car people to save the manual, etc. But what's interesting about the Aston is that there hasn't been a manual with this engine. So this is a Mercedes 4-liter V8 twin turbo engine from AMG. Yeah, it's only ever known it's automatic gearbox. Only ever been mated to an automatic gearbox. Quite a big engineering exercise to mate it to something like a manual. I'd like to know a little bit more. I'd like to know who makes the gearbox and how they mated it from an electronics point of view. The systems are so integrated these days in cars, gearbox and engine, they're almost hard to split apart. And so I think it's it's quite it's quite a big undertaking. It's probably cost a relatively large amount of money investment mm-hmm. but they're doing that to retain that driver appeal um, and I think it's a big deal I think it's going to be a cool car yeah it is yeah. I mean so yeah we basically talking about the Aston Martin Vantage AMR um, mm. uh, and it's limited edition there's only 59 of them that's right I thought that was a strange uh, a strange choice on their part but um I doubt that this drivetrain will disappear now that all the R&D has gone into mating a manual with this engine. Mm. I'm fairly sure it's going to pop up somewhere else. I mean, I found some info here, and uh, it's actually quite interesting, so I'm going to read it out to you. Mm. The, the Vantage 59 version has a special livery to celebrate the 1959 24 Hours of Le Mans. Mm. A special manual transmission inside the car has a dogleg first gear. That's cool. also that's That's also quite a big deal in 2019. Very cool. Um, the car has a limited slip limited slip differential that is tuned and calibrated by Aston. The seven-speed manual transmission has AM shift technology that is driver-selectable. What is that, a rev-matching type of... Uh, yeah. Probably. So huh? going on, the feature uses the clutch, gear position, and prop shaft sensors to mimic heel-toe downshifts oh. and match revolution. So exactly that. So instead of you having to heel and toe, mm. uh, the car will do it for you, ensuring smooth... Um, Downshifts. Not unprecedented. I think yeah. Porsche does it. Nissan does it. Jeez, everybody um, does it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's a cool feature. Hey, yeah. a new manual gearbox in 2019. That's yeah. a big deal. It's big news for people like us. It is. It is indeed. Mm. Um, we like Aston Martin here in Cargumenta too. Yeah, we do. We do. I kind of prefer the styling of the older ones, but you know. I agree. What do I know? I agree. What do I know? Um, it's mm. been quite a big week for SUVs here in SA. A big week. A big week. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tell us. Well, I'm, I'm shivering. The F Pace. Jaguar F Pace. Um, they are launching their SVR version of that mm. at uh, the Samoa Hill Climb this weekend. Mm. Five liter supercharged V8, 405 kilowatts, 680 newton meters of torque. Um, it's quite, quite a potent machine. Mm. So I must say that F Pace SVR appeals to me. Mm. Um, the F-Pace is not quite a full-sized SUV. It isn't the size of a KN or a Q7, for example. It's no. actually a little bit smaller, although it's not as big, it's not as small as a Q5. So it sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's like mid-sized. But that's a lot of power for something that's actually not 
all that big in modern terms. 405 kilowatts, and 550 horsepower. It's properly quick. I <laughs> mean, uh, Jag's um, saying it'll do 283 k's an hour, so it's not limited, which is cool. Wow. And uh, 0 to 104.3 seconds. That's properly quick. And um, I, I, something about it appeals to me. I yeah. like the look of the thing. I love the sound of the thing. Have a look at it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Harry's Garage. I'm a big fan of Harry. Yes, you are. Yeah, I am. I've mentioned him before. He's done a a 20 minute video on a thousand miles in a F-Pace SVR this week. Okay, have a look. Listen to that thing. It's amazing. It's Um, actually quite well priced for what it is. So that's what we were saying. One four nine nine four hundred. That's like pretty good value for a fully kitted out 405 kilowatt monster of a car. what a cool thing. It is a cool thing. Um, uh, I, I, some, something about it sort of resonates with me. I think it's smallish with a lot of power. Yeah. It's a little bit crazy. Uh, I like that. It's cheaper mm. than an iPace as well. So cheaper instead of buying I-Pace, an iPace. Yeah. It's cheaper than a Range Rover Sport SVR. It's yeah. cheaper than a, mm, a Macan Turbo. It's cheaper than a KN. Um, pretty aggressively priced. I, I'd like to check that thing yeah. out. And you know what's cheaper than a, an F-Pace SVR? No. Uh, the new BMW X2 M35i, which was just… Um, oh, I've lost you already. No. Sorry. So oh, moving on. I've always kind of liked the X2. Oh. You don't like the X2? No, I don't stop. Know. I don't know. Most people are like, oh, it's pointless. It look, but I don't know. It, you know, it looks… Yeah. I, I know it's just an X1, but so it looks kind of… There was one of them in front of me the other day. I yeah. couldn't tell if it was a Hyundai, a Kia, or a BMW. Mm. I really, it's kind of like… Mm, but that's what BMW generic modern yeah, yeah they kind of know, appeal man. to not sure what is it what's yeah. an X2 so X2 M35i high performance version uh, 225 kilowatts 450 newton meters okay 0 to 104.9 smallish what does it compete with well it's basically the same size as, as an X1 it's like okay. like a baby you know it's, it's also very a lot of power for something of that size something so small okay. yeah um so it's, it's not a bad looking thing. It's not bad. Look, it's a lot better than the Audi Q2. Oh, so yes. that's its direct competitor. What went wrong there with oh, Audi? No, that was God. awful. Remember when I had it on test? No. Don't you? Or maybe I've locked it out. Could have been. That 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 was a dreadful car and very expensive as mm. well. Pointless. Okay. Q2, you don't see them on the roads. I don't think it's quite made the impact they were hoping. No. Hmm. Exactly the same as Q. Yeah, I okay. mean, just understood. No, yeah. see where it is. So, so there's that if you want wow. to. So, f base SVR, end of X2 M35i, and there's another one. Ooh, another SUV okay. in the week that was. I'm ready. Uh, Audi Q8. Is <gasps> here an SA. Another MQB Evo derivative yeah. from Volkswagen AG. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you can probably stop now. Yeah. Um, although that the Q8 internationally came out before. The KN Coupe. That's great. Which we haven't discussed. No. So that's another derivative of the MQB Evo platform. When will they stop? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So they I mean, all the, the same, these things. So the Q8 is basically the, the Cayman. KN. KN. Coupe. The KN Coupe. Yeah. yeah. I think they And they look quite similar. They do. Same idea. That's kind of quite cool, the Q8. I mean, I don't know if you went to Festival of Motoring last year. Mm. and they had one on display and, and you could sit inside it's got yeah. a very cool interior okay. it's got like Tron lighting and like this Audi um, MMI touch kind of infotainment system that blends into the dashboard when the car okay. goes off it's like being in Tron mixed with Minority Report where you're swiping and dragging things it's uh, alright yeah, that's pretty cool you're selling the interior I'll, uh, the interior is cool 
I'll wait to to decide. Yeah. Presumably, Audi's sending one to test. Oh yeah. You know, right, right now. Right, right now. Yeah, as we In speak, fact, they're busy organizing it. Yeah. So we'll let you know. Yeah. So only one uh, model available now. That's the Q855 TFI. Oh, I don't understand these new, this, hey, this new naming oh, thing with Audi. I, I can't. Audi's gone crazy with their naming systems, and now the numbers don't have anything to do with the engines. I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I just uh, don't understand why? where it comes from. What, so, what was the point? So this basically has a six-cylinder, a three-liter six-cylinder turbocharged engine. Petrol. Like, petrol. Okay. So where does the 55 come in? I have no idea. Do they just thumb suck it out of the I, air? I don't, I, don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know how the one leads to the other mm. but it is what it is mm. and it's kind of like a Lamborghini Urus but a third of the price yeah <laughs> exactly yeah okay so Great actually it's a bargain mm. incredible incredible value what else is in the news anything else you picked up can't remember Golf uh, 8's been delayed I know we talked about you that you said last so week. Yeah. Um, that's going to cause ripples ripples waves. my god no yeah. Golf 8 the Golf 7's been around for a while to be fair it has it kind of is probably due a replacement. Although, mm. I think everyone thinks that they're so good from the outset that they really, no one really clamors for a new one. Mm. Um, so apparently, it's been delayed for various electronic. Yeah, they're updating the technology inside it, and you know the infotainment systems, and um, they're also doing some work on some some of the engines to make them cleaner, okay. more efficient. What so. a strange decision! I wonder what happened in the engineering timeline that yeah. had to delay. Maybe they think they running behind rivals that are coming out well sorry cogumentative listeners the golf 8 will just have to <laughs> wait wait there we go nice. that's oh. that's awesome i just came up with that right now yeah you on you see we should do the news together yeah. more often yeah it's just zany and spontaneous Crazy. And a little bit quirky wow wow just like us yeah exactly okay so is that it for news I don't think there's anything else. Okay. With all these public holidays and um, you yeah. know bank holidays, well, I think that's that's a reasonable amount of news. And I think so. um, it's enough to chew on. There's enough to chew on, and there's there's quite a lot coming in this show. There is indeed. Um, tell us. So um, we are going to. Oh well, in our next segment, we're going to be um, reporting live from the press practice preview event of Monster Jam. Ah. Monster Jam. Big trucks. Big trucks. Big monster trucks. Wheels, silly names. V8. V8 supercharged. Right. Ethanol. Jumping. Okay. Leaps. Exciting. Yeah. Um, Trucker caps. Don't think I can make it, but. Uh, well, I will. Enjoy I'll be yourselves. there. And Mike and yeah. Mark will probably be there as well. If, okay. um, forward. Mike will probably be hungover. Probably. But I'm sure the smell of uh, ethanol burning will <laughs> sort him out quick steps. familiar, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Um, Good. We're going to take a quick break, and when you return, we're going to be uh, broadcasting live from the FNB Stadium, talking to all the guys and girls behind Monster Jam. back to Cogumentative. Guys, we just got to get a, an exclusive little uh, a taster there of Monster Jam. They were doing some um, rehearsals for the head-to-head racing events. 
and um, cheese. Pretty, yeah, pretty damn loud. I think first thing is how loud. Yeah, wow, we, I didn't I mean, expect it to carry yeah, like it does. It is insane. Wow. I mean, I mean, there are eight cars out there, and they are just. I mean, they rip your eardrums apart. You got to work at eight, five, 15 times eight. I mean, it's like fifteen hundred times eight. Yeah, it's a serious amount of power. It's like condiments. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the smell of ethanol. Of oh, ethanol, which yeah. is cool. Kind of That's makes what they're burning to make all that power. Yeah. But um, I mean, they are—they are impressive machines. Absolutely, like, to get uh, that high uh, into the air and to yeah. cover that much ground and land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just issue. to put it in context, so they, they went for about looked like twenty meters of, of acceleration, and then they airborne. It looked like for yeah. about like, the same distance, yeah. about twenty meters. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, I think they need to sort out the the one lane because it definitely looks uh, faster than the other. Yeah, all, definitely. All the winners so far have come from the outside lane, so oh, they yeah. have to just. And the other thing is, is the, the dirt that they used. We spoke about it earlier, Tom, and you can see how with repetitive jumping, how they could just wear away. Exactly. Obviously, it has to be like concrete almost. Yeah. I mean, it's sand. It's like a But it's sticky, so well stuck together. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if it wasn't, it would just go everywhere. Yeah. Um, it would probably end up on us. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, those things are... But I mean, yeah, I'm blown away by by the power and the sound. Yeah, the sound is quite. I didn't something. expect that at all. How well put together they are. Yeah, yes. I really hope that we can get up close to these things because. Well, we're going to drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we absolutely going to drive. Uh, we might have, know we, somebody. Who's we, we have already there. requested that we drive, and um, we have a professional in our midst. Mm. Uh, yeah, we do. Thomas. Well, hey, actually, yeah. just reminds me. Well yeah. done. Well driven from the weekend. You actually, you, uh, you did quite nicely. Yeah. What did you kick out? did you finish? Yeah. Well, I won both, but then I got penalized at the end of it. Of course for, you did. You're cheating again. For a jump start. Nah. <laughs> not, not that I benefited on the jump start. Oh, so, okay. you know, well done, Tom. Well, well done, anyway. So, I mean, do you reckon we could drive these things? I think so. I think if we, maybe if Paige, well, it, like, fits, it produces a page, fits her eyelash. No, but do you I'm reckon not, we have not, the yeah, ability? Yeah, do we have the ability? Oh, right. I mean, see. So the tricky part I can see yeah. so far is the rear wheel, wheel steering. Yeah. So you can steer with both the front and rear axle. You can. Yeah. And it looks like they're actually steering more with the rear than uh, yeah. the But it, it's quite cool, because if you notice, but they can almost drive a crabbing type of position. Yeah. So it almost looks like they're drifting. It's like a drifting thing. But yeah. it's like this uncontrollable, because I think, well, you know, from, from, from things I've seen, and red, they're very kind of wayward and have a life of their own. They've got these big, heavy tires, kind of flapping. So you're always on like this, like this fine line of losing control and destruction. And actually, go, yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, sort of going straight. They must when they when they break, they must break spectacularly. Yeah, because there's so many bits and pieces. Exactly, like two shock absorbers per wheel. Like on a radio control car. They're, no, they're well, exactly well, like the radio control well, cars exactly, we had as kids. I'm going to say so. Like I, I grew up. Looking at, um, and I always favoured the buggies with the big yeah. wheels at the back and the small wheels at the front. You like, like the things. Wild Willy, yeah? Yeah, um, the Wild Willy. Uh, <laughs> I had the stadium glitter. Whatever do you mean about that? <laughs> but, um, no, actually, yeah. funny enough, so there was the there was Vanessa's lunchbox and the one and Midnight Pumpkin and Midnight Pumpkin and the and the and the and Wild Willy. But the thing about those cars is that you could drive them like in a wheelie type yeah, position. Totally. And this is a completely literal translation of the um, of the radio. Do you think the people sitting in these cars? <laughs> But the, I'll tell you what, the, the, the mad thing is, is that they need so much power to go and recreate what those cool radio control cars did with one little engine. Absolutely. No. It's pretty incredible. I'm blown away. I am blown away. And I'm going to be more blown away because uh, the freestyle event is coming up soon. Uh, because So basically there's, there's a... They're, they're, two, they're two formats here. They have started, yeah, so they're, 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 they're two formats head-to-head where both trucks are out on the course at the same time, racing against each other. And then there's freestyle, which is where they have like 
a certain time to go out and do tricks and stuff and, and, and impress the judges. Okay. And that's where I all the crazy stuff happens. I think the judges, I think actually the people here are going to get to vote as well. They do, and that's the thing, like, with very once a jam, it gets people, it gets people in the audience, in fact, so you can actually vote on your phone in real time. Oh, that attracts, so, um, so that's going to be very cool. But we're going to take another break and go out and see what's happening in the freestyles event, and uh, we'll, we'll be back so shortly to talk about that. Okay. Chad Tingler, who drives Megalodon, which is probably one of the coolest looking monster trucks um, out of them all. I mean, it's like this big, great white shark, snarling, teeth out, really mean. This is the most appropriate South African car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah great getting that. Yeah, yeah. getting that lot. No, you'll, you'll have lots of fans tomorrow, I think. Chad, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing great, yeah. We just did a little bit of a practice and the truck felt good. We had to tune a little bit on the motor because of our altitude here, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show tomorrow. Cool. How much power do you think it's losing? Um, I think we usually try to come in here with about 1400 and we can shift first gear pretty quickly and I could, felt like I could almost do the whole trace in first gear. So I'm not sure what we're losing quite because we don't have a, you know, the meter to be able to figure that out. Sure. It's a big difference. We're going to make some adjustments in the fuel system and we'll get her dialed you should in. Be, you should be all the way up to 100% too. Yeah. 
Cool. cool. And how's the course? I mean, is this quite a, a small course as most Jan goes? Or is it, is it, you know, no, this is a pretty big, pretty big place. You know, we we do a lot of stadiums and uh, you know overseas things, but in the United States, we also do a lot of arenas where we're still on hockey dashers up and doing shows over ice. So uh, being able to come out here and this big a floor and be able to you know stretch our legs or fans, as you call it, with this thing is <laughs> it's, it's great to come out here and do it. And um, delivery for, for your uh, monster track in terms of the shop, where did that come from and is that, is that right here? Yeah, I thought we, they did a survey like through and um, like went to shows and handed out pamphlets, you know, with like kids and, yeah. you know, young kids and stuff alike and they found it, you know, animals and sharks and, you know, those kind of things were one of their, you know, one of their top things that they like to see. So they came up with this and what better fitting, you know, it's a prehistoric fish and one of the largest ever, and now this is one of the largest vehicles you can find, you know, and to be able to race, it's 12,000 pounds. And so, you know, a Megalodon was pretty close to that as well. So, you know, it's a perfect fit. So, Chad, um, how many races are you doing a year? How many events do you do a year? Um, me personally, I do, um, I usually do a lot overseas, so I'm about nine or 10 in the summertime. Um, Bell produces well over a hundred in a year's time. Um, like we're doing shows in, Manchester, UK right now. We're also doing shows in the United States at the same, very, at the same, same time. The very wow. same weekend. Yeah, there we'll have like four shows going on all over the world. That's a It's a huge franchise, obviously. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at the, the rear diff housing here and see it's got a brake disc just in front of it. That to yes. slow down the pressure. Yeah, it's it's the best way to slow these vehicles down. We've tried some things like on the wheels. Like some people think, oh, you slow the wheels, but you would have to have such a big disc. You would almost have to be as big as a tire yeah. in order to get it to slow down because it's running so fast. That's the best way to stop these vehicles is drive line brakes. And we can stop them running 70 miles an hour and stop them on a dime and make a 90 degree turn. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. brilliant. Physics on these things yeah. are what amazes yeah. the most. I think. Depends on the size yeah. of everything and the fact that it all stays together. Yes, so absolutely. much force and so much power. Yeah. 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 It's just chassis. And it manages to handle it all. It's amazing. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's amazing. So, Chad, I mean, like in terms of top speed, like perfect conditions, perfect surface. I mean, how fast can a monster jam truck actually get up to? We have clocked these things at our world finals in Las Vegas when we. Um, had those there and some of they run a radar gun at the end of our straightaway and they're clocking almost 70 miles an hour sometimes. Wow. Uh, I think the world record top speed is uh, 80 right at almost like 90. I think. Yeah and so they're they get pretty so quick. That's the thing. I think no, it's it doesn't get there, there as, as quick um, but the tires it, it it does get there kind of quick but not like a drag car like you would think. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but the tire rotation and then we have a planetary gear inside the wheel so it makes it different but we can change the gearing in this truck from like being underdriven okay. to being overdriven yeah. in a matter of maybe five minutes. Really? Yeah, That's we take the front plates off of the transportation, change the gears around, and you can run, literally run like 6,000 RPMs and go 20 miles an hour and turn around and you can run 6,000 RPMs and run 70 miles an hour. Wow, okay. In a matter That's of five minutes. Difference. Yeah, it's a big So how, how close are these motors in comparison to the top filler? I mean, how often are you rebuilding them? Now, some of these motors, I mean, we'll check the valves and things in them, you know, every maybe five or six races, but really? some of these motors, so they're, they're for longer than what we run, we, we have an hour meter on these that actually kind of work yeah. off a of vibration, and they say within a typical arena setting, which we'll do four shows in one weekend, that we're only putting about two hours on the motor. 
So, and these things will last almost up to 34 hours. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you're looking at almost a year's time. That's incredible. Or better before you really have to tear something down. Or you, a, They're not like the, because of the Hemi motors, they produce such a compression. Yeah. They're always beating on the, the, the head gaskets, yeah. so you always have to constantly change the head gaskets or check the nose as well. So, I suppose um, you so could, it's a pretty maintenance remover. What kind of compression are they running? Um, I'm not sure what we have in these now because we are running uh, most of the trucks that we're trying to run now or we're running an EFI system oh, really? and a lot of our trucks now are kind of going over to that for EPA, a lot of the buildings because of emissions inside buildings, oh, wow. different things and it just drops it way down. Okay. And okay. a lot of smaller places, you know, we're having an issue. So we're running electronic fuel injection and almost all this now. I'm really amazed by how much power they put out and how maintenance-free they are. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a push-rod yeah. yeah, a lot of our maintenance is, is mainly in our driveline. You know, okay, yeah, we'll do a lot of, we'll change, we change oil every weekend. That's 12 quarts of oil in it every weekend. Wow. Okay. That's basically about the main maintenance that you'll do for the motor is change Incredible. oil every weekend. But mainly you will nut and bolt this whole entire chassis from the motor down every got, weekend or every after every so you've got a. Um, transfer case there yes you that's took that down and then the two lifts as well yeah that's in front of that transfer case that that front gear is where you take that front one off and there's two gears there and that's where you can do the quick change okay and then that way you can change the gearing in a matter of five minutes brilliant yeah it's an amazing vehicle yes. yeah i'd imagine that's why the surface is also critical because the last thing you want to do is have too much grip imagine the strain that it would yes. put with so much weight yeah. being pulled around you can imagine it just, just yeah, start destroying it, it that's what helps a lot that there's a thing we call the planetary gear. This yeah, yeah. That great big hub, like in your yeah, four-wheel drive, your axle just comes out and you lock the differential in and it just grabs the wheel. This one actually has three gears that goes around a center gear. Um, so then so when the center axle turns, then this turns the wheel around. So these axles are actually taking stress off of it, which helps turn these tires so quickly. Okay, so it's clever. So it basically starts accelerating them. Yeah, yeah. It's planetary gear. It's geared on the hub. Yeah, and you can change that. Can you change that gear? No, that doesn't really do anything. Yeah, that's just it helps with the torque. Yes, it helps get it going. Yeah, without breaking axles all the time. That's amazing. That's very cool. Really cool. Well, Chad, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Welcome back to Kogemester, and uh, we're down here in the makeshift kind of pit lane, and we found yeah, and, <laughs> and we found uh, a driver, uh, Steve Sims, who's driving the Monster Energy truck. How are you doing? Doing good, man. It's so nice to be here. Fantastic. Cool. Did you ever think you'd be down here in South Africa? No, not even. Not even once. You know, it's been crazy because I've been able to travel all over the world, yeah. and to finally be able to come here to a new continent and be the first one, it's been amazing. The fans are loving it too. And that's what makes it even better, you know, we've sold out all three events. Yeah, really. Back to back to back. And that's just unheard of in the fresh market. Yeah, totally. So how did you get into monster trucks? I mean, are you in? So, so me, I'm a second generation driver, so I kind of grew up in it. My dad, he's been driving for about 16 years in the United States. So started there, started working on them, kind of moving them around. And then, um, you know, got my opportunity to drive. Cool. And then a couple of years ago, Monster asked me, you know, what I thought about driving theirs. And the rest has been history. Brilliant. What do they like to drive? I mean, they seem kind of huge and really are wheels. Yeah, <laughs> like, they are. And, you know, it's crazy that we're able to take such a big machine. You know, it's almost six tons. And you could drive it with one hand. Really? It's all hydraulic. There's no reason that any one of you couldn't get in there and just... It's easy. How do you do the, the rear wheel steering? It's so, a separate... So the way, the way it works is the front two tires work on the steering wheel, just like your normal car. And then, in our right hands, we have a toggle switch. Oh, and the toggle switch operates the back tires. Oh, so it's like, it's around like a trim yep. basis, like similar to like an airplane, that you can exactly. lock it into position. Yeah, you know, it kind of helps us maneuver the trucks because they're so long, they have such a long wheelbase that it helps us get around turns a little bit quicker. And they also have this thing called self-centered. So as soon as I let off that switch, the tires go back to center. Uh, okay. So it's not like I'm trying to feel where the yeah, tires are. They, as soon as I let off, they just me back. Oh, okay, that makes it a lot easier. And tell yeah, me, sure. in terms of revs, like what kind of revs are you doing? I mean, we're trying to wonder whether or not these things are really tuned for low down torque or if they actually are revving quite high. Uh, they definitely have that torque aspect to them, but you know, we're getting about 8,200 RPMs. Out really? Of yeah. Wow, and a, from a push rod V8? Yep. That's brilliant. brilliant. That's yeah. insane. Wow, that's brilliant. So what yeah. capacity are they? You're going to talk cubic engine. We don't, we don't speak that. Yeah. Can't tell us. Oh, no. no. Oh, you do. Uh, <laughs> as long as somebody can convert it, because yeah. I can. It's, about, it's a 540 cubic inch oh, Chevrolet wow. big block. What is it? About 8 liters. And we, yeah. Run yeah. A, yeah. Uh, we run an 871 supercharger on it. Wow. And you had to change that from being down in Cape Town to Joburg? Yeah, you know, that's been kind of a guessing game for us. Sure. We're at an altitude that we don't normally operate at, even in the United States. So. We all today during practice kind of play with some tuning. Oh wow! Our mechanics are kind of calling because we just did a show in Denver, Colorado, for the first time, and that's a high altitude as well. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of mixing, matching, trying to get a good data pattern for it. 
but it's still running good. Oh, it's, like that yeah, yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's just we want to make it perfect. Sure. Well, we're sitting here in, in, uh, in Johannesburg, and right next to us, I, I don't know if you've noticed those things. Those are actually mine dumps. So that's actually that's that soil that's been pulled up from a from a gold mine and then laid oh, out. Really? Do you think you guys could get up there? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it might take us a little while, but we'll get up there. For sure. yeah, these trucks are incredible. They've taken almost like 35 years of putting together and making this better, making that better to this machine here. Wow. And it's. Literally unbeatable. They're all the same. They they are. Are. They are. What they are is a set of driver preference. All the same parts, all the same machines, you know, and we all work together to try to make each truck good in a sense, but then it comes down to drivers. Okay. So it's really a driver's test than it is a truck test. Okay. So you might change your damper rating and that kind of thing? It, exactly. You know, Becky McDonough and El Toro, she might, you know, like her suspension a little bit softer for racing, whereas I like mine stiff. That way, you know, I don't have a lot of body roll and stuff like that. So it just, it comes down to drivers really. So when you guys are landing trucks, I mean, because you go pretty high, like maybe like 20 meters or 15 meters high. I don't know. Yeah. No, I didn't look about as high. He doesn't look as high. They look about 20 meters long. No, yeah, we're about in the 10 to 12 meter range. Okay. So when you land it, that must be quite quite hot on the body. I mean, I'd expect, or I mean, does the car absorb that? It does, and you know they have once again 30 inches of suspension travel. So you know we're we're really able to get the maximum out. Yeah. And what brakes are they? What's, what's so, a weak point? Do they have any weak points? They do. And it's like through everything, we can find a weak point okay. and then we make that stronger and then it breaks something else. And that's why these machines have gotten so much stronger. Okay. So at that point keep, now, that we they... keep eliminating weak points. Okay. And you know, it's like the stronger you make something, then you find the next weak point. We make that stronger sure. and it just keeps going through. And it's really helped the evolution of the whole sport. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part? I mean, do you prefer doing the head-to-head sprint races or the so, so for me, yeah. you know, it's definitely good to get that that racing win because yeah. it's like head-to-head yeah. true competition. But the freestyle is definitely my favorite. Yeah. That's the point where we get to get crazy. And, you know, we had the Monster Energy backflip ramp yeah. that we try to hit every run, and then yeah. you know that's a that's a true part of this um, event that's for the fans. Sure. You know, the fans get to actually judge it. So. You know, that pretty much Joburg gets to crown their champ. Yeah, what do these things like to backflip? Because it must be scary as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And, you know, it's come through a long time of, you know, figuring out that ramp. Yeah. It's a lot of momentum and consistency to get it to actually flip. Yeah. You, you can't half commit on you. No, you have to completely commit. You got to know that you're hitting it. Like, you, you can't. You stay on the gas the whole way through the sprint. Yeah, so so what we try to do is try to, to uh, mimic like a dirt bike. You know, they're probably one of the first motorsports that really started backflipping. And you'll hear them, they're on the throttle the whole time. And that's with us too. So kind of we just get a good speed going up to it. And as soon as you lose sight of that transition, hold it to the floor. And, and, then, the <laughs> and then as soon as you see dirt, because you'll be looking upside down, as soon as you see dirt, you hit the brakes. And it'll actually come down and land. Cool. That way you so, don't land going too fast. So the first time you do that, I mean, that must be a moment. It is, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it's un, it's unlike anything else. It's so abrupt. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're going so fast forward and it shoots you backwards. Yeah. You know, sure. even further than when you started. Wow. So 
It's pretty crazy. Well, that's incredible. I'm really enjoying being up close to the cars. And yeah. um, the cool thing with race cars is that they always look very shiny in pictures and they look <laughs> from a distance. When you get up close to them, you can see that they really are utilitarian. And you can see, I mean, the uh, it's very well liveried, but you can see some of the uh, small nicks and scratches yeah, in this race. Yeah, it yeah, definitely has amazing. some battle scars in it. You know, we built these things to tear them up. You know, that's what the fans want to see. We're probably the only motorsport in the world that goes out there knowing that we're going to crash. It's trying to pull out of those crashes with saves, you know, see if we can roll it, get it back on the wheels, and really get this place. Brilliant. Hot. Brilliant. Well, we look forward to watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you guys coming out. Monster Energy, I hope so. That's right. <laughs> Steve Simpson, thanks so much for joining us. Ah, thank thank you, Steve. Yeah. Great meeting you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Take you. care, man. And good luck for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's got ears that fly through the ale and a tail that wags. 
Oh, really? Is it also lag? It, well, it's, it's on a spring, okay. so oh, it'll okay. cause it to lag. And then okay. the, the tongue is on a windshield wiper motor. So, oh, really? so you turn it on. Oh, that's very yeah. I, like I just noticed the gear first piece, yeah. So you yeah, so I can actually look through the Lexan oh, okay. and be able to see the front tire. So when you hit a jump, you can actually see where you're at. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, so you don't just look just through the windshield. You'll definitely you'll look through the Lexan. No, everything's happening down there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How much lean angle can you get on these things before they're ready on a fall? What do you mean? How, much, how far will they go over before they're ready on um, running the rest of the falling over? Well, we've got on the back, we've got a wheelie bar, so you can actually set the truck back on the wheelie bar and it'll ride across the floor of the back tires. There's a new stunt that everybody's trying, it's a two-wheel skills, where that they're called a nose wheelie, they're walking oh, on the front two tires. Yeah, my husband has completely mastered it. Uh, I'm still learning how to master it, but I've had a couple awesome wrecks with trying. Oh, I was about to say, I'm sure it's a bit like a backflip. You can't have a small accident doing that. Did you know, I've had quite a few front flips off of it. Really? <laughs> How many bodies do you go through in the season of uh, most jamming? Um, it just depends. Like, we've had this body all the last two weekends, so the only thing we've got is the hood is ripped up a little bit, yeah. um, which the boys have been fixing and she's ready to go. It just depends on how many wrecks we actually have. If I can save out of, like, Dirk and I had two amazing saves. I read you back to my crew chief, I'm like, we're probably going to be upside down in freestyle, just want you to know this. <laughs> like, all my saves are everything, I've, I've, I've already used them up. <laughs> and, and when you, uh, when you flip, does it essentially destroy the body? I mean, is it good for one it, thing, or well, can, it can you salvage it? how it hits. Like, I had a front flip a few weeks ago in Hamilton, and the only thing that was wrecked was the back body, because it had actually flipped all the way over, and the only thing that hit was the back of the body. Wow. And Hamilton, New Zealand? Huh? In New Zealand? Uh, Hamilton, Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah, we just finished our U.S. tour. Okay. United States and Canada all over January, February, March, and then I came straight to South Africa. Oh, okay. Sorry, carry on. So you were saying the uh, flip? Uh, it just depends on how you flip. Like, sometimes you'll flip and you'll hit just a corner. Sometimes you'll wreck the whole body. The body will come flying off. That's usually when I call it a naked puppy. Uh, <laughs> and then the crowd goes puppy The crowd goes crazy. They love it. <laughs> is, this the, is this the last um, of the of, of a tour in a while? So, uh, in uh, South Africa, yes. So, so you guys going to be looking to go and destroy a couple of bodies? Uh, we're definitely going out there to win. If it happens, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, cool. And then, Candice, how did you get into Monster Jam? I actually started racing when I was eight. I ran go-karts, Formula V, Sports 2000, good late models. I was at a show, started talking to the bosses, showed my portfolio. They flew me to the Great Digger Shop for an audition and gave me a job. Now I've been here 13 years, 23 different countries, 35 states in America, six continents. Really? And you still oh, race any other formula? Um, I haven't. The only thing I race now is go-karts, because I've got a 14-year-old son. So I race go-karts with him, and then we run the Masters. Oh, very cool. And I run barrel horses at home too. Oh, really? Race barrel horses, yeah. <laughs> you do know they're only one horse. I do, but when they've got a mind of their own, it adds a whole element of surprise. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. So much of the fans, if we come back to Johannesburg next year, who's going to buy tickets and see more much of the action? Let me hear you.
Welcome back to Car Gementative. We're in Pit Lane and uh, we've tracked down Willem van der Waal. Willem, how are you doing? Good and you guys? Good man, alright. Uh, Willem is the local events manager. Local tour director. Local tour director. I knew I was going to get it wrong. Yeah, no worries. Um, Willem, so um, I spoke to you before and you told me about the dirt yeah. and the technology and like everything that goes into sourcing the dirt yeah. for these events. Um, will you be able to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. It's just so cool, I think. Yeah. We've been we've been tracking the dirt in since last Sunday. Okay. Um, I think under correction, I think it's 114 loads wow. of dirt into the, the the storage, which we call the stockpile. Okay. And then moving that 3,000 cubes of dirt over a period of about 12 hours onto the pitch, the stadium pitch, from Thursday night until Friday morning. So you move the dirt on, but do they form it? Or? The international track construction team, they actually form the track according okay. to spec that has been signed off before the show. Sure. Um, each track needs to be exactly the same as the previous track. Okay. Both ramps need to be exactly to spec, yeah. so otherwise it compromises the show. And the sure. consistency of the soil or the sand? Yeah, the dirt. The dirt <laughs> yeah. um, it, com it consists of about 30, 70, clay so 70% clay 30% sand okay. or various particles and very specific that has to yeah so that need to be met, yeah so it can ramps. so it can actually make the ramps uh, compaction factor so they can get the length of the floor compaction factor to disperse the weight over the pitch so that we don't ruin the the grass pitch for any upcoming uh, game true, yeah. stadiums are very finicky about their grass pitches rightfully so I mean that's what the whole stadium is looking at and you told me that uh, you guys had to send quite a few samples of dirt, yeah. locally sourced dirt, back to Florida for approval. Yeah, yeah, we've been in the the, the pre-planning process for about a year. Last year, April, I started with this. Oh, really? Doing budgets, feasibility, seats, how many seats we could get in, yeah. tickets, so etc. Very happy. Yeah. <laughs> it means we've got work. Yeah. Shows something like this, you know, guys. Uh, overseas for the Formula One, they really need to start looking at, at how bigger tires. Yeah, we go and talk about it at a Formula One race, it'd be about a hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah this, is, this thing's probably the better part of 70, 80,000. Yeah, we're just shy of 70,000, 68, 69,000 people Brilliant. expected yeah, tomorrow. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah and yeah and then we sent off a couple of samples to Florida for them to test, check compaction factors, check uh, if it actually consists of the right uh, amount of clay and um, what is the other one? Uh, I think silica silica factors, silica, yeah. Silica, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can actually build the ramps and can withstand all the the backflips and the, the tricks and the jumps that the guys are going to do off the ramps. So from the time that you got the soil into the stadium to completely build ramps that are ready. Twelve hours. Twelve. It took them twelve hours. Yeah, for Brilliant. the dirt fairies. <laughs> they, they obviously yeah. use our local equipment, or do they bring in their own? So all the local equipment was sponsored by Barlow World. Okay. Um, very specific equipment for very specific jobs. Okay. Um, they call it feathering. So those guys actually scrape out, they compact the ramps, and then they scrape out the, the curvature okay. according to the spec that it needs to be. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got various machines on here, 938s with special attachments, 906 with special yeah, attachments. Very cool. But from 5 o'clock last night, we started, 5, 6 o'clock last night, laid all the geotechs on the field, all the plywood, about 3,000 sheets of plywood. Wow. So there's plywood over the, over the pitch? Yeah, so it's geotechs, which is special fabric so the grass can uh, still breathe. Uh, we do it specifically when the grass uh, is in shadow, so the grass goes to sleep. We cover it with a nice blanket of geotechs, wow. spray it with a special... Uh, uh, chemical so it hibernates the grass put some plywood on top 
put some dirt on top, disperse the weight, and then before 72 hours lapse, we wake the grass up. And, and the tow down, how long does it take to, to take it down? 12 hours. 12 hours. Brilliant. Saturday night, topical. Saturday night, nine o'clock we start, as soon as we can, get the containers and the, the ramps and the, the obstacles off, then immediately the machines are in, so they start feathering off from the plywood, the guys lift the plywood, and then before the sun hits, we've got grass again. And then you're looking for a big hole to fill the soil. We actually rented soil. this. Oh, did you? We rented this, That's and amazing. then uh, I yeah, be in that business. Yeah, I want to you soil. <laughs> and then um, yeah, next year we'll look at buying some 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 dirt for for the duration and storing it locally. Oh, so these guys are coming back. Uh, yeah. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Villain, thanks so much for joining yeah. us in Cargumentative, and it's been fantastic chatting to you, and it's just like a mind-blowing event. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow night. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. Yeah. See you with your earmuffs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, um, it's been a pretty awesome afternoon out here at Monster Jam, just getting a behind the scenes, you know, some glimpse of these incredible trucks and the amount of work that goes into preparing the stadium. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I came here kind of expecting it to be like a hillbilly, you know. Yeah, it's all very cool. It's, it's damn cool. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's polished as hell. It is. And, uh, it's proper. I mean, Americans know how to put on a show. Absolutely. Um, and they know how to build a absolutely nothing left to a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Ramp jumping. Spectacular. Tom, are you going to try and sneak off one of the containers? I think I should. No, I think I should. The question is, which, which of the cargo cars in the collection are we going to try and put big wheels on? Well, that's the one. I think we have I to... Think the Diablo. I think, I think the Diablo could, could work, eh? <laughs> but I think we have cool. to, like, sign a problem and say, which is our favorite truck? Because okay. we don't think we've actually... So I like this, this uh, monster map. Monster, you with Monster, I, I like the charger. I like the fact that it's a car that's like it's really raised up. I, yeah, it's cool. Jeez, I'm torn. Eh? I'm like torn between Megalodon, Grave Digger, and El Toro Loco. You're so, gonna choose one, Tom. Yeah, come on, Tom. You've got this. Okay, I'm gonna go for Megalodon. We're gonna okay. choose Zombie for Dub, Team Dub. Team oh. Dub, because that's his fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Sorry you missed out the Dub. This is probably the coolest episode ever. But anyway, guys, thanks so much for joining me. And um, catch us again next week for another episode of Cargumentative. Ciao. Ciao, guys.